Now we're live. Yay. There we go. Jen didn't press the freaking button, man. <laughs> John, I do have to say that these cameras are great, especially yours is very crisp. Yeah, yours like is... Uh, ours I, is not crisp. Not as. Well, I don't put as much time and effort into, <laughs> into y'all's, <You> obviously. <laughs> I, I think my eyes are better than they were. You can't tell that I've been crying all day, so that's good. What? Aww. You've been crying all day? Yeah. It's okay. I'm here now. What? I'm not talking about it. Let's move on. Well, why would you bring it up? <laughs> I was commenting on my eyes. They do look a little puffy, but oh. not red. Well, we've got a lot of people here to make you feel better, Jen. We've got Natasha, Derek, Courtney, Wolfie, Ashley. We got a whole bunch of people here. Nice. So, yes. So, guys, we are, this is a different time for us. So, we were talking, and usually we do a Supremo episode right after this. We're going to do that one tomorrow, just Nicole and I at one. That that way, like, the people that couldn't make it tonight don't get kind of screwed over. So, we'll do that to, the, that one tomorrow. But I got a great freaking episode right now. Like, it's crazy how I mapped this one out. I'm so excited. And next week will be normal time. However, Jen will not be here next week. Yes. Just to just to summarize starting with today i'm here next week i'm not here then i'm here then i'm not here and then i'm not uh, here not here i can't keep this straight anymore man. may and june may of may and june are just really bad for me this year lots but, of things going on so we're gonna get a cutout of you ashley a fathead? ashley says love you jen oh thanks ashley so today we have a surprise shot for danny Ooh, Danny. This is a specific request. I think we're going to like it. Okay. So. Danny, D-A-N-I, right? Yes. Danny. Surprise shots. Surprise shots. We don't know what they are because they're a surprise. Well, cheers to Danny. Oh, that was quite pleasant. Was it a gummy bear shot? It was. Why can't all shots Bravo, taste like that? That was, that was the one that, remember I, when I went to the knot and I was like, you need to, we need to figure out how to make this shot. This is it. What is it? Peach it is schnapps. the white gummy bear, apparently. Peach. There is no white gummy bear. Yes, yeah, there is. It's pineapple flavored. It's yellow. No, no, that's lemon. Lemon is yellow. That's right. I've never seen one. That's because you probably don't look at your gummy bears before you eat them. You probably just stick your hand in the bag and just put them in your mouth. That's what I do. Are you talking about gummy bears or my Friday nights? <laughs> <laughs> like, what the fuck? I don't quite understand what you're trying to say. <laughs> Any Anything to make it sexual. <laughs> Oh, I should have known. But yes, that's that's it was raspberry vodka, peach schnapps, sweet and sour and a splash of Sprite. Mm-hmm. Mm. I could drink that in a cocktail. Yes. I think it maybe it was what is meant to be, but we made it into a shooter. It was delicious. Mm-hmm. Um, I did not get a bag of gummy bears to accompany it, but that would be delicious. Like mm. letting them soak in that. Yeah. Um, you know, mm. I do have a strong preference for gummy bears. It has to be the Albanese, not um, not Haribo. Mm-hmm. What's the difference? What's the difference? Yeah. Um, texture, flavor, texture. They're like they're not as like hard. They're softer. Um, flavor. They have more variety and flavors. I don't know. I feel like all I see are the Harboro. I'll get you some. I'm pretty sure I brought some on our road trip. Maybe. Like I know that I've brought them here before. Just can't remember. We should do like a, a blind taste test. They're in a white bag. 
with red writing. I don't know. I'll have to look about. next time I'm at the store and like see if I recognize it. So you guys know what story we're doing tonight, but y'all don't know much about it. Obviously, you've seen the movie. Well, hold on. I don't think I don't think I announced. So anyone's watching it now may not know who we're talking about. So let's keep it okay. quiet until. The big reveal. Dun, dun, dun. That's like a thing. Big reveal. We need that to get is them. a thing. And then you blow your grandmother up at the... Uh, that happened. The baby thing. What? Where oh, they were like doing the gender reveal. <laughs> gender. Oh. Oh, that's what I meant. Fuck. <laughs> Fuck me. All right. Who's ready to get started? Me. Oh, y'all just trying to get out of here early. No. I'm just kidding. Fuck. All right. Here we go, guys. If you are... Oh, well, I got to say the intro. Welcome to the Talk Murder Me podcast. My name is John. I'm sitting here with Jen and Nicole. We are live streaming tonight on YouTube for the public. We do that every Saturday at 1 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. However, tonight we are on Friday night at 7.30 just because schedule conflicts. <clears throat> me. Jen. He looked at me, though. You're like... <laughs> So, I, I'm just gonna clear the air. It's my fault. It's not fault. I mean, it's nice to kind of have a Friday night. That's we, I don't mind Friday I nights like every it. now and then. Yeah, we put out episodes every Tuesdays and Thursdays at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time on any podcasting app. We are recording a special episode tomorrow as well for our Supremo supporters. Talkmore.com/slash/join. And one more thing, I'm sponsored by Get Jupiter CBD. I take it every day. We just got a new box in today. Getjupiter.com/slash/lama L-L-A-M-A to read my story. All right, let's get it started tonight. We are on YouTube and we are on Google Earth, baby. Let's get it. This is one of my favorite stories. Uh, so where are we going? Florida. Florida. <laughs> Sorry, I'm so random here. So this right here, what you're looking at is Highway 1. Interesting, this starts, the Highway 1 starts at Key West and goes all the way up to Maine. Yeah. However, we're actually starting, well, we're starting on Highway 1, but the victim we're talking about tonight is on the left side there. He started from Clearwater. He has a shop in Clearwater. That's around that area right there. He gets on Highway 4, which you can see my mouse going to Highway 4. He drives. Now, this is the weekend. He is driving down to Daytona Beach, and eventually he'll connect to Highway 1. So any Floridians out there that want to chime in about... How great Florida is. Is that the same <laughs> is that the same road as Route Run? Route I think yeah, I think so. Yeah. What is it? Yeah, Route One in Mass. Must be. I'm gonna say it is just Yeah, I think it is. But yeah, that ties in with ninety five, doesn't it? Yeah. It's yeah. like parallel. Yeah. yeah. Around this area right here that I'm showing you right now is where we're going to tonight. This is the Daytona Beach area. However, I'm actually starting this specific episode. On December 1st, 1989, on the interstate or the highway, Highway 1, what I talked about earlier. So you'll see me go down there. And in fact, it's not just Highway 1, it's Highway 1 by the by an entrance and exit ramp. All right, tonight we are starting December 1st, 1989. Can you describe this handsome gentleman for us? Definitely not my type. He reminds me of someone. He's got... Crow's eyes. Crow's feet? <laughs> Crow's feet. <laughs> what the fuck? I don't know. Crow's <laughs> He almost looks like Walt Disney if Walt Disney had hit more hair. Oh, yeah, There's he does. There's definitely yeah. an actor I'm thinking about, and I I cannot place it. He's got a someone else. large tell forehead. It. Tell me how old you think this man is. 58. 47, 30, 37, 40, no 42. <laughs> Four years later and you still have not gotten any better at this. <laughs> 
No, this is a 51-year-old Richard Mallory. And as I said, it's December 1st, 1989. Now, he is Burt a... Reynolds? Is that who you're thinking of? Maybe. I don't know. That This was the best picture of him. What do you think he does for a living? Um... I can't tell if he, what like what kind of clothes he's wearing. Looks like he's wearing a, a cop. <sighs> yeah, he could look like a cop. Anyway, 51-year-old Richard Mallory, he is the owner of a electronics repair store hmm. in Clearwater. Now, Clearwater is to the left as I showed you in Florida. <laughs> what? To the west. west. <laughs> whatever, dude. <laughs> Fucking left west, whatever. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> You're fortunate that the left <laughs> is the west. And it sounds the same, almost. So this Westerner, Western Floridian. So Richard Mallory owns a electronic store in Clearwater. And he is, as we'll talk about later, because we're going to go into his background, but he is a loner. And a lot of times he would close up shop for several days and he would start to binge drink and he would drive to Daytona Beach. Now, why do you think he would leave one beach town to go to another one? The Daytona 500? No. Is that NASCAR? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, it's a good guess. I don't know. It's he, a pretty big event. Well, he would do this. It's more touristy there. So, like, is he going to M- maybe. have an affair? P- yeah, like pick up chicks. Well, or, he is or, single. Or m- oh, men. Okay. Yeah. He is single. And he does like women a lot, but he likes the, and we'll get to this, but he likes the perverted sex. He likes the rough shit that you can't do in your hometown, especially being a business owner. So he's got to go out of town to get his, uh, to get his fuck on. (laughs) Ew. How about just say like rocks off? To, to, to suit his needs, to satisfy his needs. Let's say that. That's a little bit more. Okay, that's better. Yeah, much better. Thanks, Jen, for saving him. You're welcome. Too bad he already said some weird things before. <laughs> yeah, it was I, you know what's worse is like. <laughs> I, I, to get his it, fuck on. <laughs> but the, 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 like the, the best. Was the, <laughs> the best slash worst milking part. Milking a cow. Is that like anytime he says he's about to say something that would make everyone uncomfortable, he makes direct eye contact yes. with me. Yes, he makes sure he's looking at you to make sure you feel extremely uncomfortable. And it's like if this was four years ago when we first started, I probably would have been like, <laughs> yeah, we used to do that. All but, the time. Not, but now, but now I just look him right in the eye. Yeah, to get the figure eight in the prostate, Alan says. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard that one before. The figure eight? The figure eight in the prostate. What the fuck is the <laughs> <laughs> he, Things going up his oh. butthole. This is 51-year-old Richard Mallory. He's a electronic store owner, and he is going down to the weekend to satisfy his rough sex addiction. He is already drinking. He is drinking a bottle of vodka, and he is smoking some reef. And he is on Highway 1 going down to Daytona Beach. He's driving his nice beige Cadillac. He didn't mm. want to take his company vans because, you know. It's got the logo on it. Yeah, and people will know <laughs> where Well, well yeah. Even also, though I would have definitely took the van, you know. Yeah. But he's driving his beige Cadillac, which I'm going to show you in a minute. The shag wagon. And he spots a, a hitchhiker who is cladly dressed with her thumb out. 
And he's like, hmm, maybe I don't have to drive all the way to Daytona Beach after all. This is from the book we're reading called Monster. And I'll get to the book in a little bit. This, uh, you guys probably know what story this is, but I kind of want to hold off in case someone does not know. He wants a big reveal. Yeah. She had mottled complexion, straggly blonde hair, thin, somewhat cruel lips, a cute nose, great legs, and the wet t-shirt accentuated her firm breasts. She had a manly way about her and was a tad on the heavily built side. But the more he knocked back the booze, the better she looked. Guys, my biography wasn't supposed to come out yet. <laughs> so she's a butterface. She's hot. Butterface. That's fucked up. <laughs> That's mean. I, oh, my, oh, okay. So my, I'm dad, in- my dad used to make a joke. He would say the Lee sisters, Ugg, home, what? and what was the other one? <laughs> I I don't what? remember the third What's one. What's the Lee sisters? What are you talking about? Ugly, homely. Oh, <laughs> oh shit. Is homely a bad thing? Yes. yes. Oh shit, really? Yeah. I thought it was a good No, no. not like not adjective. Like, that's no, nope. that's a, not a good adjective. It does not mean oh. like domestic. Like she's good at in home in nope. the home. Right. No, it does not mean nope. that. What does it, it mean? Domestic it, it, it means, means ugly. ugly. Homely? Yes. Yeah. Oh shit. No no wonder I've I've uh, gotten in trouble. In tr- She's so homely. He says it with a positive. <laughs> I thought it meant she's good around the house. That means domestically inclined. Oh, fuck. Who the fuck are you telling that I'm homely to? <laughs> now, this man is the victim tonight, and this hitchhiker is the killer. And this is from her own words right here. I'm going to read this. This is a direct quote. From her when she got arrested. It's quite the flip. You don't think uh, like normally the killer is the one picking up the hitchhiker. Yeah. I was cold and wet just trying to hitch a ride. And this guy goes past, stops and comes back. He was okay at first. He had a bottle of vodka. Then we stopped for beers at the gas station. He got Doritos and stuff. Sure. He just chatted. That's what she said. (laughs) Okay. This is uh, his car right here. They found this car about 20 miles away from the pickup location where he picked up this hitchhiker killer. And if you want to read her next quote. I thought it was kind of funny. Don't often take a ride and have a joint pushed your way, Lee said to me. To start with, the fucker was kind of cute. Okay, one second. So if you guys haven't figured out, she is a prostitute. And the the book we're reading, actually, she has a couple names that we're going to get into. The Damsel of Death. She's a serial killer. And the hooker from hell. I love that one. Mm. Yeah, that's a good one too. <laughs> but she is a prostitute and the the whole putting my thumb out to get a ride was a ruse. And she is she she actually is traveling, but she makes her money on the way. And she's already had seven other guys pick her up that night. I don't know how many she had did sexual work for but this is the eighth guy so do you want to continue reading this is about her rates my rates were easy to understand even for a drunk head for 30 35 straight 40 for 50 50 half oral half vaginal penetration and hundred dollars an hour how do you do this is a serious question how do you do half and half i think both (laughs) is what she means i'm assuming both like she oh, didn't maybe like half the time both. maybe yeah. maybe it's half the time okay yeah i mean the 35 dollars is a pretty good deal i mean if you're gonna get head for 30 a five another fiver get you straight sex i'm just saying what a, a normal person would think 
50-50. Well, she said something stupid, and y'all just don't It look, was a sincere was question. Oh, and I say something, and I'm in trouble. Well, All right. I think an, you're also married, so like... $100 for an but hour. But also, there's a lot more risk involved with vaginal penetration, if you think about it, yeah. from sexually transmitted disease, mm-hmm. things like that. Like Vocational that, hazard. That, that may not be... Um, um, worth it. Yeah. I've never been with a prostitute. Good for you. However, I got a friend that does it all the time still. He just prefers it. Prefers prostitutes? Yeah, he prefers paying for sex. It's the weirdest shit. Crazy. He just does it all the time still. Why? He just likes it. He likes paying for sex. Huh. He lives in the UK, but... Is it legal there? Mm, I don't know. But even when he was here, I was in the army with him. He would do it on the weekends. He would get, you know... And I'm like, dude... <laughs> You know this can be had for free. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? I don't know. He's like, that's his fetish. He just likes paying for it, you know? Huh. Fucking crazy. Anyway, this is Richard Mallory's car. So you see they part kind of off the beaten path and... Richard Mallory actually agreed to $30. So he's getting straight head. And this story is different because she is a prostitute. But in a lot of stories we've done before, those rates directly reflect, reflect, those rates directly reflect the prices of drugs. So uh, a hit of whatever heroin would be the price of a blowjob or whatever. Mm -hmm. So they're like really addicted so they, they prostitute themselves to get just that next hit. However, her rates are different because she's not addicted. And in fact, hmm. she didn't even smoke any of the joint when he passed it to her. She took some of the vodka because she is a freaking, a raging alcoholic. Raging alcoholic, as we'll get to. Well, I'll tell you now, she was in her prime drinking three 12-packs a day. That's pretty good. <laughs> three 12-packs of Budweiser a day. Mm. Holy shit. Yeah, well. That's a lot, Yeah. Isn't it? 30 rack. Mallory agreed to $30. The body, when they found the body, because he got he got killed by her. She killed him. It showed that his zipper was down, but his belt was still fastened. So that just reiterates the fact that he did agree to the 30. If he would agree to the, you know, the I don't know, the sex, $35 or whatever, his pants would be off. So he agreed to the 30. This this these little details are really important for this case. I can promise you that. They pull off around this little grassy section called Quell Run. And this is 5 a.m. in the morning. So Mallory actually picked her up around 6.30. It was back-to-back traffic when she got in the car. They finally make it out of traffic. They stop for beer and Doritos, and then they hit this little patch of grass, and they spend about five hours just, you know, off the clock or whatever, just drinking and just laughing and getting fucked up. And as you'll hear... Her M.O. for getting paid, she would party with the man or whatever. She's not on the clock. She's not working for a pimp. And then she's like, hey, all right, you ready to help me make some money type of thing? That's kind of what she would say. And then they would agree to the prices. This is almost 10 hours later. Hmm. So it's like, but this is her eighth guy, you said? It's her eighth ride. Oh, eighth ride. Eighth eighth ride. Okay, sorry. She may have done like a quick blowjob in the car or whatever, but this guy could actually stop. You know, like these truckers, they they can't stop for 10 hours with this girl. You know, it's just Mm -hmm. quick or whatever. But this is her eighth guy that picked her up. 
So after she finishes him, he refuses to pay. Oh, this case is really important. The semantics here. However, the the killer we're talking about tonight has changed her story numerous times. So we don't actually know what happened. Or even if he refused to pay. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Got it. But we can all we can do is go off what she says. So she first claimed that he refused to pay. Then he beat her. He tied her hands to the steering wheel and then forced a blunt object into her anus. She said to this that it was just a quote, another trick or trick, you know, trick, turn Mm -hmm. a trick. It was just another trick, a part of the hustle. Then he just kept rolling on top of her. Now she's tied to the steering wheel, quote, smothering her face in kisses. Now, if you want to read this next thing I sent you around 5 a.m., this is from the the state of Florida, the the complaint that was filed against her. Around 5 a.m., she disrobed to perform the act of prostitution. She asked Mallory to remove his clothes, but he said he only wanted to unzip his pants and didn't have enough money to pay her fee. She said she said she then went to retrieve her clothes, but Mallory whipped a cord around her neck and threatened to kill her like the other sluts I've done. He then tied her hands to the steering wheel. So he puts his cord around her neck and says, you know what, you bitch. And then he says, quote, I'm going to kill you like the other sluts I've done. So in her mind, she's about to die. This guy's going to kill her. Okay, so she's got to defend herself. Now, this is also what she says about the whole uh, night. If you want uh, the to Jen to read this one, no, just to change it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How about I just read it? <laughs> Fuck it, whatever. I don't have a screen, so <laughs> sorry. I don't recall the time, maybe around 3 a.m. We crossed river towards Daytona Beach. He pulled off the road, up track into the woods. We were in the front seats. I stripped and we drank more beer, smoked and kissed for a while. Just stuff. He was limp and he got pissed with me. He hit me. Wanted to fuck me with his limp dick. I gave him a blowjob and then he went fucking crazy. Like a crazy man. Hold on a second. Let let me kind of, since I know the killer, how she talks. Oh, I thought you meant like you personally knew her. I'm like, how? (laughs) You were three when this happened. I don't recall at the time. Maybe maybe around 3 a.m. We crossed the river towards Daytona Beach. He pulled off the road up a track and into the woods. We were just in the front seat. I stripped and drank some more beer and kissed for a while. Just, just stuff. He was limp and he got pissed with me. He hit me. Wanted to fuck me with his limp dick. I gave him a blowjob and then he went fucking crazy. Like a crazy man. Slap me and held me down and, and fuck you, man. No motherfucker does that to me. He was going to rape me, end quote. Good job, John. Thank you. Now, that last sentence is very important. With this case, he was going to rape me. Okay, that was, that to any jury would fall under the self-defense of killing someone. If, if a guy is going to rape you and the woman says that, And she actually has a quote that's attributed to her that's pretty well known, but I I actually love it. It said, um, the quote is, dead men don't rape. (laughs) Pretty good. (laughs) I love that Hmm. shit. Now, remember, this guy and her, they're wasted at the time. She wiggles free from the steering wheel and yells, you son of a bitch, you are going to rape me. And he's like, fuck you, bitch, I ain't going to rape you. She gets out of the car. She grabs in her purse and she pulls out 
her her protection a small caliber pistol and this is the actual murder weapon here this was found so you want to describe kind of the pistol there looks like a western pistol yeah Yeah. it does yeah it's i think it's a smith and wesson small caliber wooden handle yeah it's um Kind of a cheap pistol, but definitely enough to uh, do some damage. You definitely have to pump a couple shots in someone, but which she did. They found four bullet slugs still in his torso. So the the gun doesn't have enough force to make the bullet exit. It's basically what that means. But that's the murder weapon right there that was found in a, a nearby swamp. And you can see it pulled out there all dirty and shit. She reaches into her shoulder bag and... According to her, and she changed her story multiple times, he violently raped her vaginally, anally, and took pleasure from her cries of pain. She said that after he did this, he, quote, cleaned his blood from his penis using rubbing alcohol, then squirted alcohol onto her torn and bloody rectum and vagina. All right. Oh. So. Don't like that. She said that he told her, quote, you're dead, bitch. You're dead. Okay. At this time, she reaches in and pulls out this small caliber pistol. And he is confused because he didn't see this coming. He says, you what's going on now? Now, this is important. This right here is important. Remember, they're in the woods. She has the upper hand. She is outside of the car pointing this revolver at his head. He is inside the car. She says for him to get out of the car. So she is in control at this point, right? I I want through this story. I want you guys to come to your own conclusions if she was justified in any of these fucking murders or not. Okay. Okay. This one sounds so far a little perhaps justified. Okay. Self-defense. She says then that he lunges at her and after he gets out of the car, that's when she pulls the trigger. The first round goes through his left upper arm. Obviously, she's she, this is the first time she's ever shot a pistol. First time she's ever shot a man, you know. <laughs> Kind of like how Jen shoots. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> I've never fired a gun before today. So you hit my neighbor's dog. I'm just, I'm just kidding. That was a fucking joke. I thought I had the little the little notch aimed at the box, but I was <clears throat> I was too high and also <laughs> wide you and also close too drunk. Your, close your left I eye. I think to. You close your left eye, not your right eye. I don't. Jen you know, was. That's the, what John told. I, I well, so the either. problem with Jen is she was closing both eyes. Oh, okay. There you go. <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. You were doing good. No, it was not. It was okay. I I would need more practice, but also like. But but you see that if someone was lunging at you, you're probably going to hit them in the left arm. You're not going to hit them right center mass or in the head or some shit. Well, I don't think that it would matter where you hit him if you're trying to defend yourself, as long as you do something that can deter them from attacking you. Yeah, but you got to also keep in mind that that's a this is a small caliber, and if someone is lunging at you, they got a lot of adrenaline. Mm. A lot of people will get shot and not even know it. Especially like in wartime, you'll have a soldier get shot and not even really know it. There's so much adrenaline. You know what I'm saying? Okay. You only know it after. So if someone's lunging at you, you what I'm trying to say is don't just shoot once. Like fucking unload, the, unload clip. the Yeah. Yeah. You always want to unload that motherfucker. Anyway. He lunges at her. She pulls the trigger. The first round goes through his left arm. He starts moaning. The bullet, that bullet actually lodged in his rib cage. So he's like cramping. Oh, 
oh. Now he's on the ground and he's just like, oh, he's not going to die. And then this killer goes straight up to her. Eileen Warnos, who we're covering tonight, the serial killer, the hooker from hell, goes straight up to him, point blank range. Bang, bang, bang. There was four shots fired. Were five, actually. One hit his arm, four lodged in his torso. Okay, so and this is she, outside of the car? This is outside the car. Okay. So she got free. She broke free. Then she was in control of the situation, shot him once. He's on the ground. He is squirming and... Now, instead of running, because she could have ran to safety, she shoots. I'm going to read this. This is from the book we're reading tonight. The book we're reading is called A Monster. That's the same title as the movie. She wrote this? This is her book. Yeah, this is her book. She wrote it? No, I mean, she... Like with a a reporter With a reporter, yeah. So there's actually a little crazy information that I didn't know. Eileen Warnos, which I'm going to call her Lee from now on because that's what she preferred. Okay. She has the most movies and the most books written about her than any other true crime story. Really? This. No way. Yeah, this book, this. And not only that, that's what I want you guys to really get with this case. She has a huge, even now, a huge support team. Mm -hmm. Not not team, but... Supporters. A lot of people think that she should not have been found guilty of anything. That she was doing self-defense. And she has a lot of people that love her. On the opposite side, she has a lot of people that fucking hate her. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And it's a crazy story. She, I mean, it's a good story. But that's what we're reading tonight. But it's a it's a really good book. It's hard to find. It doesn't. Uh, they don't print it anymore. I actually found it at the book sale. Oh, and I want to say that this story is requested from. It's not in print anymore. No, this is out of print. Pretty sure. Huh. Hmm. This because you can't find it anywhere. This story is requested by Sydney, right? I think so. OG Sydney. Mm, I think so. So Sydney requested this. It is a great movie. I have yeah. seen the movie. Charlie's Theron. She did like they did an amazing job with her makeup. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Killed it. Okay, so a little bit about this book. If you read this book, this guy, the the reporter that wrote this book, is pro Warnos. I'm telling you, it's divided, especially down in Florida where this happened. It is really divided about whether she should have been found guilty at all because. Well, Florida is the self-defense state. Yeah. Well, that's why I'm going to go so far deep. I'm trying to give all the details, even her own testimony from different accounts to see what do you guys think? Should she be tried for this? Anyway, and she she's killed seven, although it may be eight. We don't know. But anyway, I'm going to read this from this book. The copper covered hollowed nosed Bullets tore into the right and left of Mallory's chest. As he jerked under the impact of the third shot, the frenzied Lee let off a series of rounds, one of which stuck Mallory in the side of the neck above the collarbone. So she's like, bow, bow, bow. If you saw the movie, that's a scene in there, too. Yeah. So she's like, bang, 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 you know. He fell to the ground. Both of his lungs had collapsed. Blood was pouring into his body. He wheezed in a futile fight for air. Now, I looked it up. She, when she testified about this and and the medical examiner could verify this, it took Mallory wheezing 10 minutes to stop wheezing. It took him 10 minutes to finally die. She watched him die for 10 minutes. Oh, I, of the, yeah. <laughs> she was out of bullets. 
Yeah, take yeah, a drink. Right there. <coughs> oh, shit. She was out of bullets. <clears throat> yeah, she's out of bullets. But when you get shot in the in the lungs, you know, it's kind of. <laughs> yeah, but I think Nicole was asking like if she, she couldn't put him out yeah. of his misery. Like I I under if she she may have been waiting for him to be dead to be sure she was like safe. You know. Yeah. During this time. She bent over his body and went through his pockets. She gets in his car and drives to Ormond Beach, which is in walking distance from her girlfriend and her hotel room. Mm. Now, you know her girlfriend. We're going to get... I'm diving extremely deep into this case for you guys. I know you guys like when I do that. I hope <laughs> because I've been doing it a lot lately. Seven, seven Dahmer episodes later. <laughs> anyway... So we are talking about Eileen Warnos tonight, and this was requested by our good friend Talgo Supremo Sydney. Thank you so much. This is su- such a fantastic um, true crime case, and I'm sure a lot of people have done it, but uh, I wouldn't know. So let's get on with it. Have you, you guys know what she looks like and everything? Mm-hmm. Yes. Let me show you a photo of her just right quick. So this is her. That's with her best friend right there. That's in 2001 after she was caught. She is there. She's the shorter one. That's her right there. Now, you remember the the author of the book said that she was all hot and in like a wet T-shirt. And and I looked her up a picture. I'm like, I don't know, man. Well, that was a lot later. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. We're talking about Eileen Warnos tonight, and I'm going to get in it, man. I'm going to go through her background, and then we're going to return to the Mallory case, because I'm only doing his death tonight, and I'm going to tell you about him. Maybe he deserved to die. I don't know. What's his past like, right? I mean, we knew he was going for perverted sex. So anyway, let's get it on. A quote that I'm going to start this with. Sure, I threatened him with a meat skewer. So fucking what? He looked at me like all men did. Right from the off, dirty old fucker. (laughs) She's real. Like her attitude. She is fucking real, man. I think that's why people like her so much. Yeah. She is fucking real, man. Real. So she killed seven men, and she's known, as I said, as the damsel of death and the hooker from hell. There is a, a movie monster out there that's really good. Who who was it? Charlize. Charlize Theron. And what's the other girl's name from Christina the Adams? Ricci. Yeah, from Adams Family. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which actually looks nothing like the actual girl in in real life. Her girlfriend. Oh, really? Yeah, actually, let me let me show you her. That was an Oscar winning performance for mm. Charlize Theron. It was. This is this is her girlfriend. So oh. that that was uh, Ricci's character. Oh wow! Yeah, so nothing like, like it. Yeah, right. Nothing like it. But still, she did a great job, man. She had a notorious. Hard life, hard knock life, as Sydney says. She grew up. She grew up with a shitty fucking family in Michigan, and it. The longest thing about this case for me, it took me forever to figure out the family tree. They're like literally all connected to each other. So, how did she end up in Florida? Well, I'll tell you that in a second. Okay. My mother plucked me out of her belly and left me with my grandparents. We never knew the damned whore. We never saw her again except for funerals. I spit on her. She can go to hell. Our mother shit-canned us two kids. The motherfucking bitch whore sent us in a handbasket to hell. My stepfather would beat me often after school or if I came home late. He'd make me cut down a willow branch and he'd use that. I soon learned that the thicker the branch, the less it hurt. Sometimes he used to beat me with a belt, then he made me clean it. And that's not all either. Now, one of the things about one of the things about Lee's story, as we're going to talk about, is I'm just going to spoil it. She's no longer living. Her mind basically disintegrated. 
So she starts talking crazy. Some of the crazy things she says is how great her life was growing up, which it was not. So you can tell her mind was just not there before she died. She was seriously had a mental disorder and it was getting progressively worse and worse and worse and worse and worse. But we know her true story and the way she grew up is literally freaking terrible. So I asked on the Discord to our supporters, how many men do you think Aline Warno slept with in her life? Take a guess. I didn't know. I also said from her own words. Doesn't have to be factual, but from what she actually said. Um, 150. She says, and this is her quote, really inside, right inside me, I'm a good person. I've been with loads of men. I've gone through at least 250,000 guys in my life (laughs) and became good friends with some of them. They really liked me. They always wanted to see me again. Now, obviously, I I did the math on that. 250,000 guys would mean for 20 years in a row, every day, 365 days a year, you'd have to sleep with 30 men. So that's definitely not true. (laughs) But her math is a little off. (laughs) Or maybe it is. Fuck. I don't know. It might be. She's a leap year child. She is born on February 29th, 1956. And she is like me. She's a Pisces, which explains a lot about this case. Because I am also off my rocker most of the time. She actually does have borderline personality disorder. And you'll see it. Now that I know what that is, because I fucking have it. I see it in every case, pretty much. Really? So she is terrified of someone leaving her she is terrified of being abandoned and so am i (laughs) and jeffrey Dahmer. (laughs) and me (laughs) are you really a little bit so a leap year child born 29th of february she was born eileen carol Pittman in detroit michigan she has an older brother keith this is about her mother right here if you're on and i'll I'll put all these photos on talkmar.com this is her mother her actual mother right here. You can definitely tell a similarity. Mm-hmm. I actually thought that was her at first. How old do you think she was? Because that is when she had her daughter, Eileen. Between 14 and 16. 14 years old is when she had her daughter. I, before you said that that was the age that she had her, I was going to say that she looks like she's 10. Yeah. Well, she might be 10 there, but the last picture, the last time we actually know of her existence was when she was 14. She gets pregnant. Her her real name, Diane Kathleen Pittman Pratt Turley. I've looked this up. This is on the the, uh, genealogy website, Ancestry.com, and it is controlled by one of the family members. So I know that this family tree is accurate. I think they had to verify it, I'm pretty sure, because it said it it basically locks it where you can't change it or anything. And so this is her right here. This is the mother. Now, she didn't know her daughter for very long. When the mother was 14 years old, she was pregnant by a 19-year-old named Leo Dale Pittman. The grandmother actually married him and lied about their ages because this 14-year-old was pregnant. Now, the father, who would later die, is a handyman, a child molester, and a sexual pervert. The marriage ended before Eileen was even born. The father was arrested for kidnapping and raping a seven-year-old girl. Mm. This is Eileen's true father, okay? This story gets crazy, so please keep with me on this family tree shit. The mother drops Eileen off six months after she's born at her 
Eileen's grandparents' house when she's a six-month-old baby. She drops them off. I'll be back in a couple hours. Just got to do some errands. A couple hours later, she calls on a payphone and says, crying, this is the last time I'm ever going to talk to you. Goodbye. Wow. And then she she vanishes. So that's the mother. The father, who wasn't even around for the childbirth, was a child molester, sexual pervert, and kidnapped and raped a seven-year-old girl. It is also believed that he killed another young preteen girl. In 1971, he was in a Michigan prison when he strung up a noose with some bed sheets and hung himself dead. Now, do we know if... I, I Now, I know, I know you said that they were married, but was was that relationship consensual between the mother and father? Or do, do we think that maybe she was raped since he does have... Oh, charges as a as a, a good molester and yeah that is a good question but all we know is the grandmother and i guess the time was right this was 56 the grandmother puts them in the courthouse lies about their ages and says you know you got to get married since you're pregnant a 14 year old being pregnant that's not gonna work yeah. you can't really blame the mother because no. the father doesn't even stay around right but i was just wondering if since there was a gap yeah 19, that's a good question, 19 and yeah. 14 is considerable especially back then. well maybe less so back then i don't know if i don't know but that's a considerable gap and if he but does yeah, have history man. of you know assaulting other people their age yeah. no that's a good question probably not much is known about him he was a sexual pervert that hung himself Eileen, actually, the, the grandparents she was gro- dropped off at, so her mom's parents, till 11 years old, till she was 11 years old, they they um, told her that they were the real parents. Oh, like Ted Bundy. Yeah. I forgot all about that. Yeah. But so when she found- I did too. So when she finds out at 11 that, holy shit, you're not even my fucking parents, she's- She's going to start rebelling because she's getting spanked and everything right now. And now you're not even my dad. Don't you fucking touch me. Uh. You're not even my real dad type of shit. Let me talk about the grandfather and the grandmother who raised Eileen. However, you got to keep in mind, she thought that she thought that they were her actual parents until 11. And even in future interviews, when you see Eileen say my step parents, she is referring to her grandparents. Okay, she she gets that confused, but she is referring to these two grandparents that raised her. Okay. Okay, this is them. Uh, let me show you. Uh, this is this is them. This is the grandparents right here. The grandfather is his name is Lori L A U R I. That's the grandfather. That confused me a little bit at first. He's drunk. He's abusive. As a child, he would make Eileen strip naked, bend over the table, and he would beat her with a belt. As you read about the the stick, getting the stick. Sometimes he would force her to lay spread eagle on her bed as he beat her. Mm. At six years old, Eileen starts have showing an interest in arson. She finds a bunch of matches and she starts lighting matches. And in fact, if you look at her face really closely, you can see a scar that has never healed where she was playing with lighter fluid and burnt her face. And she had to do months of uh, skin grafts. But the scar is still there. Hmm, interesting. Now, this is a, an important picture right here. This is her brother, Keith, right here. This is important. So she has one brother, Keith. Brother or uncle brother? No, brother. Like brother. Um, brother, brother. From from what the story says, this is her biological brother. So I'm, I think he's one year older. This is her actual biological brother. Okay. By her father or? By her father. Yeah, by her not her mother, but by her father. So okay. I guess what... Half-brother. Half-brother half is what I meant. This is her half-brother. 
she starts having sex with her brother at a very early age when before she was an actual teenager in school everyone picked on her about this because they knew that she was having sex with her brother keith this guy right here no boy in school wanted to be seen with eileen however they would all visit her and use her for sex all the boys would go to her for sex and they would pay her in cigarettes that's why she was referred to as a cigarette pig and a cigarette bandit. And this is before you said before she was like. Gone yeah, this was uh, 10 years old, 11, 12 years old. She would be dealing cigarettes for sex. In fact, the first chapter of the book Monster is called Cigarette Bandit. That's what they would call her. She was having sex with her brother. Everyone knew it. No guy would want to be with her or boy. No boy in school would want to be with her. But they want to have sex with her because she would just have sex with anyone, like anyone. You got some cigarettes and you want to have sex? Come on. So she was she was passed around a lot. This is all before age 11. Okay. At age 11, as I said, she fi finds out that her parents were not her, or her grandparents were not her real parents, but her grandparents. She begins acting completely different and she becomes really, really violent. Around 11, she's thrown out of the home completely. She meets her best friend, and, and it's not the... Um, not the one we saw. Yeah, not the one you saw, but this is her best friend for life right here. Her name is Dawn Bo uh, Botkins. That, that's her. She stayed best friends... Well, that is the one we saw. Oh, I showed you that? Yeah. She stayed best friends with her up until the day she died, up until the day Eileen died. Best friends ever since the age of 11. Now... They hitch... Uh, go ahead. I just, I'm sorry. So with the brother, the brother lived at home with the grandparents and her. Yeah, they the grandparents actually kicked both the brother and her out. Okay. And wow. the reason that happened is because the grandmother dies, and that's when the grandfather completely says "fuck it, fuck life." Like I'm done. I'm not putting up with any of this shit anymore. Get the fuck out. So do we think that the brother was being abused as well? The grandfather was was raping both. Well, I don't know if about the brother, but Eileen was. Right. But we don't know if the brother was. I don't. We can I, assume, but we don't know. That he was. Being abused by the grandfather. I don't know. Okay. I, I honestly don't know. But I do know Eileen and Keith were having sex. Right. Their own brother. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out. Like, See, I'm telling you, it's the freaking yeah. tree, man. Yeah, it's just interesting. Like Alex says. It's not a family tree, more like a family tumbleweed. <laughs> See, if I said That's that good. shit, y'all would fucking yell at me. No, that was funny. That's, that was funny, Alex. Funny. I say shit like that all the time. I'm, <laughs> I'm sorry what Alex said. Was that was funny, man. Damn it. Fuck. A heavy drinker by the age of 12. On one occasion, Lee awoke from a drunken stupor to find dried semen stains all over her clothing. On another occasion, at a party, other children watched as two boys took her while she lay drunk and curled in the fetal position on the floor. Lee's troubles had well and truly started. Soon, they would be set in stone. So... She's very artistic. However, she did terrible in classes. You can tell she's artistic because on the I'm going to show you a Facebook page here in a minute. But the let they have pictures of the letters that she's written in prison, and the, the script is phenomenal. Very artistic. You can tell. You remember that Nico Jenkins when he wrote like kind of like that shit. Very mm -hmm. artistically yeah. written. So she was artistic, but however, she did terrible in school, and she didn't even care really. 
One teacher wrote about her at the time, quote, it is vital for this girl's welfare that she seeks counseling immediately, end quote. At 14, she becomes pregnant. Eileen Warnos becomes pregnant. No one knows who the baby actually is. There is... You mean baby daddy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Well, no, even now they don't know who the baby is. Oh, you mean like they don't know, like after like she it was had the baby? Yeah, they, it was given adoption. And okay. then like, I mean, the baby's out there, probably a fan of ours listening, doesn't even know. Oh. Fucking crazy. Could be. So not saying it's Alex, but. <laughs> well, Alex is across the pond, so it'd be a little difficult. At 14, she becomes pregnant with a baby boy. There's three possible baby daddies. One was this creepy cancer man who would pay her for lap dances as she listened to her Rolling Stones album. This was, she would come over, the jukebox was there, she would give him lap dances. Now, this is when she was 13 years old. He was 61 or something like that. The most likely suspects are either her brother Keith or her grandfather. The baby's whereabouts are unknown even to this day. That baby was born July of 1971. All right. Grandmother died. Grandfather completely unhinged, kicked them both out. I said that. The grandfather tries to commit suicide a few times, and then he finally seceded. Eileen actually walked in and opened the garage door that was full of the carbon dioxide that he used to gas himself. That was kind of the first dead body she's ever came across. And she took it quite well. She showed up to the funeral not to pay her respects, but to look at the body. It was an open casket. Take a drag of her cigarette and blow the smoke right in the corpse's face. I mean, he was quite abusive to her, so I kind of don't blame her there. Fucking badass, right? All right. So that is all we're going into tonight about her. Let's go back to Mallory right quick. And then and then we'll we'll end this episode. But this is going to be more than one parts. Obviously, that's a little bit about her background. I am going to talk about her her lesbian lover, which is featured mostly in that movie um, Monster. And that's uh, her right here. Her. I will be talking about her on the on the next episode. But right now we're going back to this guy right here. We're going to talk about him real quick. All right, so they find his body. This is uh, Richard Mallory. They find his body on the 13th of December, so 12 days after he was shot. They find his body. His body is five miles away from his car. The body had been completely skeletonized, but only above the collarbone to the crown of the head. You want to take a guess why? Weird. Like the whole body is fine, but just the head is a skeleton. Like a weird-ass fucking sight to picture in your head yeah <laughs> like he's all dressed besides his pants is unzipped and he his head is a skull but yet his arms are flashy when they found him yeah when they found him did she like <laughs> carve him all apart did the vultures get him the the insects tore at him <laughs> they ripped his flesh off his face oh because he was clothed everywhere oh, yeah, yeah yeah and this is florida you think charles oh, is bad yeah. then, then the skeeters <laughs> they got skeeters and all kinds of shit oh they got all kinds of shit in Florida. They Gators and radioactive things. So five miles away, his whole head, he was a skeleton. His head was a skull and he had flesh all over his body. But it's, I thought it was fucking crazy. That is pretty crazy. <laughs> I would not have thought that mosquitoes. It's just a that. weird picture. Yeah, it is. I mean, he's just sitting there with his fucking skull. Yeah. It reminded me of the um, Ghost Rider, the, the guy on the motorcycle. Yeah. Nicholas Cage. Yeah. Anyway. Or Face Off. <laughs> I've never seen that movie. I might Me watch either. it. Me Yeah. So from the book, it said the face was determined that insects had been feasting on the flesh until it was completely gone. 
He was fully dressed and thrown under a piece of cardboard, four bullets inside the torso area. After the shooting, Lee drives to the Ormond by the sea. It's a little neighborhood there. She drives his car to the Ocean Shores Motel in Holly Hill. That's where he, that's where her girlfriend and her are staying. Do you know the girlfriend's name? They guess. Remember from the movie? No. We watched that like three. I was wondering. It's a weird name. Her girlfriend's name is Tyria. She calls her Ty, T-Y, but mm-hmm. her name is Tyria. They moved to a cheap apartment on Burley Avenue using this car. Then they dumped the car a few days later using an alias she lee walks into ok pond jewelry incorporated at 305 dr mary mcleod mcleod is it mcleod oh sounds like mcleod i know i had a friend the only reason i know that is because i had a friend with that last name mc mcleod i like mcleod okay (laughs) mcleod no Okay, anyway, in Daytona Beach, a pawn shop, she gets $35 for Radio Shack equipment. Remember, he's a a technician. Right. So he's got this shit in his car. And part of her undoing was she had to provide a thumbprint as when you go to a pawn shop, you know, you usually have to provide some sort of identification. So anyway. Interesting. I didn't didn't realize that. Well, I spend a lot of time in pawn shops. No, I don't. You probably could now with all of your findings. Yeah. Like, if you, even if you <clears throat> walk away, like, not completely get away from eBay because that's, like, the internet pawn shop. But, like, yeah. if you don't get any takers on eBay, you can always go to a pawn right. shop. All right, let's talk about this guy. Now, let's talk about how great of a guy this guy is. This is coming from the Tampa Tribune, 14th December 1990. That's the paper you just saw up there. His ex-wife, Mallory's ex-wife, said, quote, Sometimes he was so sweet, and 10 minutes later, he would be the opposite and scare the heck out of you, end quote. The reason I'm going into this is because I want you guys to decide in future episodes if she should have been given the death penalty. 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 (laughs) Pentacles? The death pentacles? If she should have been given the death penalty or even found guilty in the first place. The judge says to Lee, he didn't attempt to rape you. You brutally shot Mr. Mallory for his money. And this is, what do you think she said to the judge? Fuck you. What do you think, Nicole? Uh, That was a good guess, Jen. This is what she says to the judge. (laughs) There you go. Jen was right. (laughs) The greatest picture ever. Dude, I'm fucking sorry. She's a fucking badass. I don't give a fuck, man. I love this woman, dude. <laughs> fuck. God so damn. I think we know where John falls in the Eileen Warnos. I yeah, mean, he's fuck, team Warnos. dude. How many cases we've done where like guys just beat the shit out of prostitutes and strangle them and throw them in the fucking ditch? She's a fucking dude. She's a badass. I'm sorry to say, I don't give a fuck. She's a fucking badass, dude. I don't know. Anyway, during this, it's too early. Well, yeah. I don't know details of the other cases. <laughs> yeah, however, it, without knowing the other cases, it's hard to say. But I will say for this one, <laughs> I mean, shooting it like when he was like, if you're if you're trying to get away from a situation and you already got him out of the car, you just need to shoot him once and then take the car. You don't need to shoot him four other times. But you, not me, man. I'm shooting to kill. I don't. I would never shoot someone to hurt them. You got. If I'm gonna shoot someone, they're dead. End of story. See, and that's the difference between you and I because I would not ever want to intentionally kill someone. So, well, survival of the fittest. This is a, a pretty epic photo right here. 
I'll put this on talkmore.com. Lee is giving the judge a mighty finger. I mean, that thing has some fucking power coming out Look of it. Look at her her gun. I know, dude. Look at that muscle. It's the like veins a and the fucking and the light. Yeah, that lifting. was that was an uh, like that yeah, was not sorry. a. It's like, it's like she's flexing. Like, she's like she's yeah. flexing with the fuck you. It's like the Johnny Cash picture. Which one? The one where he's has the guitar on. And he's oh giving yeah, the finger, yeah. Except- it remind me of the um. What's that? Uh, the the girl with the yes you can. Rosie the Riveter. Rosie the Riveter. Fuck you, dude. There's a lightning bolt coming out of that finger. That is a badass fucking picture. I want that shit on a shirt. She says, "Fuck you." I hope your wife and fucking kids die of cancer she says that well, to that's the judge. terrible she says that to the judge. that's terrible <laughs> holy shit look at that finger though god oh holy shit epic wow now this guy mallory he's a piece of shit he's a piece of fucking trash he loves hardcore pornography fucking loves it he spent nearly 10 years in the maryland state mental institution but no one knows this because he moved to clearwater for an attempted rape, he he goes in someone's house and attempts to rape a a female, and then for some reason they put him in the mental institution. While he was there, he had a position as a hospital clerk in the institution, but he was thrown out of that job because he quote made a molesting gesture toward the chart nurse with sexual intent. He basically grabbed her tits and shoved his hand in her crotch. That's what the police report says about it. He's kicked out of there. He's still in the mental hospital. He's sentenced on Monday, 2nd, December 1957. He actually escapes the the mental asylum on the 14th of March 1961. And he was caught again trying to abduct a seven-year-old girl. This is the guy... That, I mean, so it kind of seems like he would tie her to the steering wheel and shove something in her ass. I don't know. Anyway, he gets caught again. A Dr. Harold Boslaw said about Mr. Mallory, quote, Mr. Mallory possesses an extremely strong sexual urge along with a number of other neurotic manifestations with especially compulsive elements. He also has a personality pattern disorder linked with schizoid personality. He's five times divorced. The the woman that said that Linda, earlier I read that quote that he would just flip, they were together five months. This guy is five divorced five times, okay? There's something wrong with this guy. We're gonna kind of stop here. What do you guys think so far? This is this is the first kill. This is she's just got kind of her lust for blood. This goes on about nine months. She kills seven or eight individuals, all men, all picking her up on the street as she is known as the hooker from hell. So she kills them after a a sexual act or payment or something like that. Now, during this time, she has sex with all kinds of men and she doesn't kill them. Yeah. So she's only killing the ones who she claims are trying to rape her. That's where the quote comes, dead men don't rape, which that is a fucking tattoo if you can't get anything. That's a badass tattoo right there. I'm telling you right there. I want to get that fucking tattoo. I mean, you know what I'm saying? And the one of her flipping the word. (laughs) Or maybe just a t-shirt. Anyway, what do you guys think about this so far? It's compelling. What I'm going to talk, I'm going to talk about some things next week. What, what do you guys know about her? Did you know that she was married once before? Well, that would, I, I would, I guess that since her last name is different than her given name. Huh? Eileen Warnos 
Warnos wasn't one of the names that she was born with. No, she was born to Pittman. Right. Pittman. Yeah, so I figured. But Warno, uh, no, Warnos is a family name. Oh. Yeah, Warnos is a family name. Somewhere in that tumbleweed. <laughs> <laughs> she was married, and do you know she was a millionaire at one point? No, I didn't yeah, know Yeah, she that. was. This is her right here. If you guys didn't know this, I'm going to get all into this. What? This wait, is, wait, was she a millionaire because she of through marriage? That's her on a fucking yacht. Oh, the things are good for a little bit, looks like. That's her young, 20 years old, on a yacht. She married a millionaire. Good for her. She had a lot of money, a lot of money. So, I mean, I'm going to talk about that. I'm going to talk about her lesbian lover. And we're going to talk about a lot of fucking killings. A lot of fucking killings. A lot of them. And I'm going into detail. So, but... As we said earlier for you guys, because we're wrapping this one up, we're going to do a an episode tomorrow for Supremos. It will be on iTunes and other podcasting apps on Thursday. That is another request. Of, I'm sorry, I forgot who requested that. It was in the chat. But it is along the same lines of a another prostitute that is killing people or recently killed a bunch of people. And we're going to talk about that. Okay. And also next week, I'm going to finish up with this Eileen Warnos. It's going to get crazy. I promise you, it is a great freaking case to cover. But I want to end with this quote. So she says, he begged for help, but I watched him die. Sure, I robbed him. So what? (laughs) So I don't know. What do you guys think? Well, I'm excited for part two because yeah. I did not know about the her being married and, and former, you know, she has a she has a crazy, crazy life. And I don't know if you know about how she died or whatever, but there's two camps. A lot of people have devoted a lot of time to letting everyone know that she was innocent, completely innocent. And honestly, if you have if if these seven guys did try to rape her in the car, as she claimed, then I believe she's innocent as, as well, no matter what her job is you know i i think it is self-defense but there's other things to to this too you know yeah i'm excited to get more details for sure yeah so we're doing the episode tomorrow just in case uh you guys we're used to doing on on uh, tomorrow at 1 p.m eastern standard time just to be fair so you guys that had already planned don't get uh, off schedule so you'll see us on there for that and anyone that's not talking and that's watching this thank you so much for just being here and watching us it means a lot man we love doing this talkmore.com is is where i blog at and if you're a supporter you can leave a comment there talkmore.com slash join to to uh support us and that's about it until next time good night my lovely lovely people you lovely (laughs) lovely people you screwed it up (laughs) 